last time on Eidolon. Actually, actually, as the camera pulls in from across the street, we are seeing Maurice Bailey, but he's not seeing us. He's facing the forest. Okay, can we go with the sound effects? We get it, we're in the forest, okay. We slow pan in across the street to Maurice Bailey. And as I said, between him and the forest is a checkerboard, chessboard. Props, can we get the prop? Okay. A check chessboard and an open book. Maurice goes to light his stogie. Super cool. He's made it itself a mixture of the finest of herb from Wolf via Bob, as well as the magical leavings of souls. He smokes it real cool, not coughing at all. And in the light of his matchbook, we pull in closer and we see it's not regular light, but prismatic rainbow light. And he casts four shadows, four shadow figures in the road behind him. One, a man with a metronome for a head and a beating heart pierced through it. Another intangible woman with a coterie of shadows bursting at her cellophane skin and where her head should be and a cracked egg with yolk oozing and oozing. Another man who seems perfectly normal except his face which is completely blank except for two vertical slits where the eyes should be. And lastly a regal figure on the end with no head at all, but just a floating brain reefed in fire as motes of heat bip and bob around him. As the prismatic light of Maurice's joint goes out, we remember last time on Eidolon Disco. We jumped into a wormhole. Maurice Bailey drove a yellow submarine into a wormhole after his friend Bob, who met the Godhead, or the Godhead Decider. They met a dragon, had a fire conversation, and when returning to school with the help of Flannery Hill, man, she's so great, uh, you, uh, we all were able to give a message to the students that, you know, things, things are going to change. Maurice moves his chess pieces into place. E4. Something releases. Tim's crows say three words I will not repeat here, and Maurice enters the forest.
It's 11 p.m. The sun went down hours ago, but the thick, humid air is still miserably hot. You're wearing a sweatshirt, hood pulled up to hide your face from the glare of the streetlights, and the thing's so soaked through with sweat that you might just throw it away when you get home. You're standing in front of Camelot Toys, the outlines of toy knights just barely visible in the darkened store window. In your hand, you're gripping an old soda bottle filled with gasoline. You thought that once this stupid contest was over, once the sword was claimed, things would be different. Better. You couldn't have been more wrong. Ever since you slayed that dragon on New Year's Eve, things have only gotten worse and worse. You need it to stop. All of you do. So, you've made your decision. Before you head out tomorrow, before you crash the van, before you get picked off one by one as you're stalked through Churchill Downs, you're going to make one final bid to end the madness. To destroy the place where it all started. You circle around to the side of the building, where behind a small, dusty window lies the inky blackness of Merlin's workshop. You stuff a rag into the bottle, set it alight, and rear back to throw. All four of you decided on this course of action. This is what all of you want. But only one of you is here, on this unseasonably hot evening in May, to burn down the toy store. Which of you is it? It's me. I did it. Why you? Because I'm the one who wanted to fix it the most. I'm the one who thought that this would all work. I believed in it. I was wrong. So it's my responsibility. Back in November, Maurice did a real cool thing hijacking the school's PA system. <laughs> <laughs> and with that, we have entered into downtime proper. So uh, Disco Inferno, as I said last time, has given you until New Year's Eve before uh, he wants you to face him. And uh, we're going to spread this downtime out over the uh, six weeks or so between then and now. Um who wants to make some moves? Uh, because of the time span, feel free to set some of these at either Thanksgiving or Christmas. I think mine... The one I, I want to do first might be the quickest one from where we started. So it might be the okay. first in the timeline, if no one else wants to claim that. Go ahead. Is it before or after... Yeah. Uh, non-thanksgiving holiday fest week which we're doing by uh, the way the week before thanksgiving uh -huh. break <laughs> this is basically the day after i think or the weekend okay. after at the most yeah uh casey wants to try to commune with the undertow and see if she if she can talk to jordan somehow if something of jordan remains if is the undertow hell can or heaven can she communicate with the dead it, what is there? We know so very little about this. Just that it's weird, and sometimes we like we like connect through it. Mm -hmm. She wants to see if Jordan's still out there somewhere. Okay. Um. 
<clears throat> are you inviting anyone else to do this with you, or is this just between you and what you hope to find of Jordan? I think this is between her and what she hopes to find. Not that she's like... She's not shunning everyone else, but this is... She's yeah. not telling anyone else about this. Th th this is a private thing for her. Yeah. <clears throat> um, set the scene a little bit more. Where are you going to do this? How are you doing it? I think she's in that park where they spend so many time together riding and talking and just spending time. Her, her motorcycle is parked next to the tree. She has her notebooks. And that, that, you know, he touched at one point or another what little she can, she still has of him. Mm -hmm, the mm -hmm. clothes, she hasn't given them away yet. She hasn't given them to anyone. The, the things that he left there. Yeah. A pen, probably. Uh, so just to read the move out for the listeners, commune with the undertow, meditate to mentally expand your consciousness into the undertow to get a glimpse of the future. Decide on some minor victory that all of you want to achieve and which could reasonably be attained in the near future, then draw biz. So what's a minor victory you want to achieve in the near future, Casey, related to this? Uh, fill this hole in her heart and in, in her stomach and in her being. Feel less empty, feel less unmoored from the world. Okay. All right, sure. Uh, what is your biz? It is two. Two. Uh, that gets you the Empress, neutral, or the Chariot, also neutral. Um, gonna look, uh, do I, the forecast matters here, right? Uh, not really. Like, oh. I might weave it in, but it's mainly about yeah. the fact that they're neutral. Uh, and the chariot is... Chariots, you break your own limits. Empresses, yeah. you create something. Hmm. Chariot? Okay. You exceed your own limits, and on a neutral card, you see the possibility for success, but the path is obstructed. Describe a minor victory you could conceivably attain in the near future. Jim will provide an opportunity to achieve this victory during the next uptime, but seizing it will be up to you. Okay. So, you are sitting under that tree uh, near the pond in the park. And I think as you sit there and meditate and, and think about Jordan, the water seems to get clearer. And for a moment, you can see the bottom of it. It's not a very deep pond. It is, uh, you know, especially at the edge, waist high, maybe. Um, but then it is as though the bottom of it is slowly drifting away. And that clear water begins to darken with little points of light forming in it, as though it is reflecting a night sky even though it is the afternoon. And soon it is uh, impossible to see the bottom. It is as though it is just extended on into forever. And you can just see a, like an ocean of stars in this little pond. And as you stare into it, you can feel that Jordan's spirit is there somewhere in the undertow. And 
you'll be heading there to fight Disco Inferno soon. So, if you keep an eye out and look for the right opportunity, you could very easily see him again when you're down there. Yeah, I think she uh, packs all her stuff and wipes her tears and gets on her bike and uh, goes visit Haley, probably. Okay. All right. That is uh, one downtime move done. Uh, who wants to go next? Uh, well, if no one else is one to, I'd like to jump in. Okay, yeah. Uh, so I think I'm actually going to go with Live It Up. And uh, I, I know that Live It Up usually implies you're supposed to make a new friend, but I was really hoping uh, to try some horseshit with Dictionary Tim. I mean, you can absolutely, listen, you're living it up with people, and one of the ways Live It Up can go is that you uh, end up making a an additional new friend along the way here. All right, cool. So yes, so, yeah, you can totally invite Dictionary Tim along to Live It Up. So uh, Bob's basic thing uh, is... So now that now that people will have the ability to remember what happens between midnight and one, and Bob already yeah. knows what Tim's deal is, like Eidolon wise, uh, they still they still still really want to try to get the guy to open up and like let loose a bit. And Bob's thinking that by taking Tim out to the woods at night, uh, and maybe like helping him try and communicate more directly with the crows instead of just reading them, like getting out there and doing some like Eidolon or undertow shit, like might, might prove more effective, more directly. And who knows, maybe Bob can do something with their powers to help things along. Okay. Then yeah, you uh, drag dictionary Tim out to the woods in the middle of the night. Uh, Go ahead and give me a pow draw, Bob. Sure. My pow is two. That is the star or temperance, positive or neutral. Oh, um, hmm. What's the specific forecast for temperance? Uh, you're met with an equal and opposite reaction. Hmm. Okay. And uh, how how does a let me just look at the results for live it up. You have a good yeah, time so on a positive card. You have a great time and make some excellent memories. Describe a new friend you make along the way and what you did to kickstart your friendship. Uh, on a neutral card, you have a good time, but you take things a bit too far. Describe something you break or ruin. Okay, you know what? Let's let's go with the let's go with temperance. Okay. Um, then I'll I'll ask you for what you break or ruin in a moment here, but let's mm-hmm. let's play the scene out a little bit first. Yeah. Um. Yeah, you have uh, got Tim out here, and he I think he's just like, all right, yeah. Um, I'm here. What's what's up? So. Uh. I don't know if you've... Do you spend a lot of time going out at night, Tim? Ah, not really. So you probably haven't noticed that uh, we can remember stuff now, right? Um, I mean, I didn't really have a problem with that, but sure, okay. Well, uh, I know that you have a very special connection with your crows beyond just whole like reading the dictionary to him and I I want to help you out with that I mean help me out how well Tim you're very you're very reserved very quiet very you're not a very social person a lot of the time and I feel like if you're wanting to like 
spread language, I feel like getting out there and talking to folks is probably the best way to make that happen. So I'm taking you out here to the woods where all the crows are, and we're going to go nuts. What do you mean go nuts? I am going to help you get to where they are and experience what it is to be a crow. What? Just uh, hang on a second and try to maintain your balance. And Bob is going to start running real fast in a circle around Dictionary Tim uh, to lift him <laughs> into the air. Uh, oh, uh, hold on. I don't know about this. I don't know if I like this. Uh, um... Uh, <laughs> Just, just, just relax, man. I got this. I, uh, pff, I don't know if I got this. It's okay. I don't know if I got this. It's cool. It's fine. Call your, call out to your friends. Uh, yeah. Okay. Uh, the, the bird. Uh, is uh, yeah. Tim calls out. Uh, and I think you see his eidolon for the first time, and it is just uh. It's just, a, it's just a crow. I mean, what do you want? <laughs> Guy knows what he likes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, I think it just sort of starts squawking, and uh, a bunch of other crows. You can you just hear the like flapping of wings in the trees. Um, I think uh, <laughs> I think Tim first says, "All right, well, mainly they're annoyed that I woke them up this late." <laughs> oh. Uh, that's it? That's all they got? I mean, that's the main thing they got right now, yeah! Okay, well, uh, they're a diurnal bird! <laughs> um, hmm. That, well, okay, hold on. Let me, let's, let's try a different tactic here, and Bob's gonna try and lower Tim gently to the ground. Hey, I'm in favor of this tactic so far! <laughs> Alright, we gotta... Hmm. Okay, can I can I try a dredge? Okay, sure. What are you trying to dredge for? Uh, dredge for some way to just make this thing work to try and help Tim like really connect with the crows. Maybe get Bob in there as well. Because like we we've run into a bunch now. There are there are ways in uh, that like undertow shit can help a human like communicate with sure. an animal. Okay, uh, I mean, that gets you the Hierophant or the world. I'm going to go with the world. Okay. <laughs> kind of assumed as much. Uh, Bob, I think, um, hmm, what is, what is the best way to explain this? Tim maybe doesn't, hmm, what's... Tim's not necessarily trying to connect with the crows, that's not really his stated goal. I think, you know how some kids get really into, like, dinosaurs when they're little? Yeah. Tim just got into crows, and it just kind of sort of never went away. Mm -hmm. And uh, because they can mimic uh, human speech, he just sort of decided in, like, middle school he was going to teach them all human language. And, um, yes, he got an idol on that lets him communicate with crows, but honestly... That, that's kind of besides the point as far as he's concerned. Like, mm -hmm. the goal's not really to communicate with them to him. It is whether he can accomplish the act of, uh, like, helping them speak English. Okay. 
then in that case, uh, let's see if let's see how far he's come along. Let's see if Bob can talk to a crow. Okay. Uh, <laughs> uh, you've really you're really dragging me out with this one off joke that I made like uh, six months ago, huh, Mike? <laughs> I don't even think I'm neutral. So at some point, they have a good time. <laughs> Right, you, you do have a good time, but you break something. Then, yeah. In, I in fairness, I'm not I'm not dragging you over the coals for a joke you made. I'm dragging you over the coals for a joke Zoe made. Right. Um, okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, yeah. So if anything, you, this is a reverse reach around uh, Zoe torturing. You. <laughs> yeah. What do you try to say to a crow, Bob? Uh, okay. So, uh, what's it like being a crow? Uh, <laughs> I think, I think one, sure, of the crows that, a question you can ask. one of the crows that uh, like floated out here, uh, I think sort of like is perched on a nearby branch and it sort of like looks at you and cocks its head and just says like, I don't know. What's it like being a jerk? <laughs> a jerk? Well, that seems Came out here started causing a commotion. Well, I mean, I don't really, we don't really get to do stuff like this at any other time. Okay. Not sure how that's my problem. Oh. Well, um, sorry, I guess. Yeah, you are. And the crow flies into the forest. Crows are rude. <laughs> you woke him up in the middle of the night. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, who wouldn't be? Bob, I think you've, uh, you know, you've just proven, I think actually, uh, Dictionary Tim's Eidolon Crow is sort of glowing, and you intuit that, yes, the crow is capable of saying all the words that Tim has taught it, but that doesn't mean it can, like, stitch them together in a coherent way or understand their, you know, meaning. He wasn't out there reading definitions, just words. Uh, but, like, his Eidolon is doing something to facilitate that ability. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think what you have broken is the crow's trust in you as a person, Bob. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, no. Truly a dark day. Well, uh, you've made a powerful enemy this day. <laughs> you've made, like, a relatively weak enemy this day. <laughs> well... Maybe don't uh, park your car by a tree that crows hang out in. Sure. (laughs) From now on, your van is like always slightly covered in crow poop. (laughs) Well, um, thin layer. You got a crow to have a conversation with a human being. How does it feel? Uh, I think, uh, I think Tim is just like too stunned and overwhelmed with emotion to answer your question. Um, you know what? Pyrrhic victory is still a victory. I'll take it. He, like, covers his mouth as though he had just seen, like, you know, uh, like the Aurora Borealis or something. (laughs) Perfect. Perfect. You broke a perfectly good dictionary, Tim. You gave him anxiety. (laughs) No, that's going to come later when he thinks about what he's going to do with his life now. This, every time I try to help him, this this, this shit happens. 
<laughs> my ship now, listen, continues. You helped him. He is he's over the moon. You have shown that you know his his efforts have paid off. It's just you know also backfired on you a little bit. All right, I'll take it. I will not end my watch. All right, uh, who is next? And you know, keep in mind you can do downtime moves or tie scenes where you just sort of you know have a one on one with somebody that you care about. Probably do my. I have a tie scene in mind, but I want to do my downtime first. Okay, that's fine. Uh, so Haley is going to hatch a scheme. Uh, Haley's been thinking a lot about having to fight a dragon. Uh, yeah. And while she's pretty sure, you know, they, they've been doing a lot of fighting lately. She's pretty, sh like, she's pretty sh confident in their ability to control their eidolons. Um, a dragon is a bit tricky. Uh, and so she has an idea to use um, some implements she can find on the farm to try and give themselves an edge. Okay. Uh, so it might be easier to just explain the, the two specific things she's going to do. Um, first of all, are, do you know what hay hooks are? Uh, when you say those two words together, it conjures an image in my mind, yeah, but you know, they're sort of like these, uh, these long, uh, they look very much like thick iron fish hooks, but they have handles yeah, on the end now. to hold them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and it basically makes it easier to like pick up and then carry around hay bales. Cause you like mm. hook it in there. Uh, she is going to take two of those and, uh, five lengths of twine that are normally used to bind up hay bales um and uh, she's gonna braid the twine together and basically uh uh connect the two hay hooks together using the twine uh mm. with the idea that they will probably need to remove one of the, at least one of the scales on the dragon to have it mm decent chance of like doing any worthwhile damage to it uh and the okay. hay hooks will real quick that. uh maurice do you want to be a part of this or do you have your own downtime move in mind i do i kind of kind of kind of do that's really fine i just wanted to double check i'm torn this is this does sound like cool this is close to kind of what maurice is doing but different enough that <laughs> the other thing that Haley was going to do is that uh her uh, her dad, Patrick, um, they occasionally have to deal with, like, uh, predators like coyotes and foxes trying to get on their farm and, like, eat mm -hmm. chickens and stuff. Uh, so her dad keeps a bolt-action hunting rifle around. Mm -hmm. She wants to use that. <laughs> okay, just a gun. Yes. <laughs> yeah, Okay. Because uh, who knows if Haley is going to have a, a, a power that can, like, hit a dragon right. in the air. Who knows if any of them are going to really have much ability to hit a dragon in the air. So if it starts flying, shoot a gun at it. All right. Fair <laughs> enough. Uh, go ahead and give me that hatch a scheme draw. What's your genius? Uh, uh, hatch. So is hat, hatch a scheme is Ellie. Oh, it's Ellie. Oh, no, my. Oh, I'm dumb. Yeah. yeah, sorry, what's your Ellie? So I am using my worst stat, <laughs> so uh -huh. I get so, one card. Hey, you know what? You drew strength positive. <laughs> Hell yeah. There you go. 
So on a positive card, you lay the groundwork to turn the tables at a critical future moment during the next uptime. Uh, each of you draw an extra card whenever you reveal your master plan and incorporate your preparations into that plan. So there you go. You get plus one forward to shooting a gun at a dragon. <laughs> yeah, and then using like a <laughs> cobbled together uh, a dragon scale uh, a puller. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, Maurice, how about you? What downtime move do you want to make? I think my downtime move for this one is going to be... I was looking to just read it out loud, but it's the uh, the Jin one. Um, f- discover information. information. Yeah. So scout out a person or location you and your friends might confront or make use of in the future. Draw Jen and play one card. So yeah, what are you scouting out? All right. So there was some times where we went into the undertow before, right? And also <laughs> that's where the dragon is. Uh, right. Maurice is going to start trying to find routes both around the school and around the town where, like, is there ways we can slip in and out of the undertow? Is there ways that, like, mm. we can change the terrain for this battle? He's looking for information on, like, hmm. Okay, two things. <laughs> two things I'm thinking of. Either that. Okay. Or some kind of defense against fire. Uh, and I'm, I'm torn. I'm torn on which one I want to go with on that one. Because if... If you want to do something with fire, I could see KC being involved, mm-hmm. but that's up to you. Okay. Well, also, the problem is you already did a downtime move. Yeah, you did a downtime move. <laughs> yeah, yeah so. that's the problem. So never mind. Uh, All right. Uh, mm, okay, here's... So what's your... Yeah, what's up? Uh, no, actually, let's roll it. Let's roll it. I got an yeah, idea. What's your genius? Three. Three. So that is going to be the hermit, the hanged man, or the fool. Neutral, negative, neutral. Oh. <laughs> I'll say, since you're doing this alone, positive and neutral basically do the exact same thing okay. on gather information. Um, the fool is my resonant, so. So do you want to keep that around? Yeah, what was the other one? Yeah. Hermit. Hermit. Okay. All right. All right. All right so, so first off, background. You can ask me You can ask me one question and I got to answer you. Okay. Um, I think in <laughs> physics class, or what's the class we have with mm-hmm. Flannerly? Is it chemistry? Uh, I think you just had homeroom with Han- with Flannery. I uh, I lean back and I go to Flannery. Have you heard of Maxwell's demon? Well, now I need to look it up to make it see. <laughs> <laughs> Have I heard of Maxwell's demon? You're really springing this on the on. GM here. Uh, okay, yes, 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 I have heard of this. Yes, 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 yes. Okay. Uh, yeah, okay, I think she goes... Yeah. What if we could make a shield that, due probability, could reflect flame, could reflect heat? Because it's just particles bumping around, right? I mean, I guess the problem with Maxwell's demon is that it doesn't actually violate thermodynamics because the demon themselves has to use energy to open and shut the door at the appropriate times to separate the low energy particles from the high energy particles it's you're just sort of glossing over the part where all the energy transfer happens to make it look like a paradox okay so you're saying we need energy for the demon do you know where we can find demonic energy (laughs) (laughs) i think she like (laughs) glares at you and says maurice i'm a woman of science please (laughs) (laughs) but if i could find something that could you know, balance that scale. Do you think it would be possible to make a shield that could 
deflect dragon flame. You're a person of science. You're a woman of science. Dragon flame? Or very hot temperatures, plasma, miasma, whatever it is coming out of that guy. I mean, yes, if you had something high energy and could direct it in the right way, then yeah, you could cancel out heat. Is that what you're trying to say? Yes. All right. Yes. This is the, this is the, this is the path where I'm looking to go down. Do you want to help me defeat the second law of thermodynamics? She has been looking at you with absolute <laughs> disdain and disgust this entire conversation. But as soon as you said that, she goes, "Yes, absolutely." Because <laughs> I'm a woman, right? I've changed my mind. I kind of love Flannery. <laughs> The worst part is that the worst part is that Casey right now has no reason to go and talk to Flannery because I think she's like, what am I gonna say? Hey, Flannery, my boyfriend died. She's gonna be like, okay, what the fuck do I care? (laughs) So like, right? So like, she's waiting. She's like, she's waiting. She's gonna talk to Flannery after once we once everything's fixed. Yeah, she'll uh talk to her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, uh, I'm trying to think what... F- I'll come back to this, yeah, because there we go. this is going to take Flannery some time to work on. Okay, uh, Fabby, would you like to have our tie scene now? Hell yeah. All right, I think... Um, Rubbing my greasy little <laughs> hands together. Uh, how do you want to do this? Do you? Uh, I think uh, Haley invites you over. Yeah, I. so at least in my head... And we can change it. I feel Haley has been go uh, Haley, Casey has been going over a lot, even if we're not talking a lot. I think she's been going over one because uh, she wants to train, and you have a lot of space to train in your place. Uh, two, uh, she thinks you're the best bet to get the sword and fix all this. So if anyone tries anything, she wants to be around to protect you. Okay, that makes sense. All right. I don't know how much of this she's communicated, but I think, like, she spends time at your place after school every day. Okay. Um, uh, I think, uh, during one of these times, maybe after you're, you're done with training, uh, Haley invites Casey to her room just to, to relax and just chat. Yeah. Uh I think when you get in there, um Haley uh takes out like a uh a sort of a, ben- a bandana that's like wrapped around something. Uh and she says, "Um I I know it's it's a little early. It's it's not not quite Christmas yet, but uh I got you a gift." Oh, uh, I, I, uh, don't know what to say, uh, thanks, Haley, I, I was planning, well, I was planning making you something, but then I kind of been focused with the dragon, and also it's not time yet, so I technically have, uh, Thank you. I mean, thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. I, I know I'm jumping the gun here, but I've been, I've been like holding on to this for 
couple weeks now, and I was getting anxious. And just go ahead, go ahead and open it. Couple weeks? She uh, she goes she goes for it. Uh, so you open up, you, you untie the bandana, and mm-hmm. inside it is a necklace uh, that is oh. made out of like a loop of thin uh, light brown leather, uh, and. On one end of the loop uh, are several uh, colored glass beads. Uh, There are, uh, in the center, a dark purple and dark blue bead. Uh, And on each side uh, are, uh, are two orange and red beads. It's beautiful. I... No one's ever given me jewelry before uh thank you you're welcome really Uh, thank you i uh and uh i think she she reaches for her neck and sort of hesitates Mm -hmm. but then like um she like reaches under her shirt and takes out uh you know reveals that she had been hiding her own necklace uh, oh. which is a matching one, again, made from light brown leather loop. Uh, and it has the same color beads, except they're reversed. The two in the center are orange and yellow, and the ones on the ends are uh, dark purple and blue. I did, made a matching one. Did you make one. these? Yeah, yeah. I, uh, I, got, I got the beads at a craft store, and the, the leather I just took from... I mean, we we had some we had some horse bridles that we Haley. weren't using, so I just Haley, this is you're you're adorable. Yeah, no, this is great. Um, that's very sweet. The colors are. I thought about what you said, um, a, a while ago, where you said you wanted to be my sword, and yeah, I meant it. Yeah, and I wanted to make these as a promise that we were both going to make it out of this. The The colors represent the two of us. You've got a couple beads of my colors, and I've got huh, a couple yeah. of yours. Okay. She, like, looks at it for a long while and smiles. Yeah, this is... Fuck, Haley, this is the most thoughtful gift anyone has ever given me? Fuck, I'm gonna have to make you something really nice for Christmas. Oh, it's that's okay, I just... <laughs> and also, you know, make sure we don't die to the dragon, but that was already part of the plan. Yeah, definitely. I Look, don't worry about the gift. I uh, I know you've no, been... No, what do you mean don't worry about the gift? Think she goes and hugs you. Uh, I just... No, like... For real, you... I know... I know I haven't been okay lately since... Since Jordan. And even then, I wasn't okay for a long time. But you... Have accepted me and... Encouraged me and... You see me for who I am. Even if I'm... Even if I can't be open about myself all the time 
I feel you see me for who I am, and I, I really appreciate you. I really appreciate you. Okay. Uh, I Haley hugs you back and just says, "I just want you to be happy." You looked so happy when you were with him, and I. I, I was. He was a dumbass, but he treated me well. He made me happy. He he also saw me for who I was, and I could be myself with him. And it hurts, and we will... Yeah. But don't worry. I... Thank you. Thank you. I think there's a a long pause and then Haley asks Do I make you happy? I think she looks up at you and has like a big smile. Yes. You even even before I allowed myself to be who I am, whenever I got to talk to you I would smile. Whenever we got to hang out I was like, well, at least Haley's there, and that's gonna make my day slightly better. And, like I said, every time you have welcomed the me who I am, every time we've done, I don't know, we did makeup and nails, or when I show you a dress that I can't wear anywhere else, and you tell me I look pretty, like... Of course you make me happy. You make me as happy as I can be with the world being what it's okay. Don't forget that. She like gently punches your shoulder. You make me happy. I I like it when you're around too. She hooks you again. Uh, I th- well. yeah, yeah, I think that's... I think Haley is going to leave it at that. Okay. Uh, Bob or Maurice, do you have a tie scene you want to do? What good friends? What good friends? <laughs> um, hmm. No, I, it, I don't... It's fine if the answer is no. Yeah, I don't really have anything in mind tied to you. I do. I kind of want to uh, do it. Do we okay, want to change yeah, your ties yeah, sure. also? Oh, yeah, sure. You should update oh, your yeah, ties. Oh, yeah, I should update my ties. You have hella not been updating no, these. <laughs> I mean, there hasn't been a lot of opportunity for it lately. Well, I figured we did a scene. Um, God. Oh, how do I want to phrase this? <laughs> There's two ways I could say this. <laughs> One feels too mean. Is it Haley's like a sister to me? That is the one that feels too mean. Uh, I think Haley's is... I'd do anything for Casey. Not oh, dang. Uh, oh, I'm looking yeah. at the Scott character. Yeah, no I can. I can <laughs> it. Call it. Uh, fuck. How does how does Casey feel about Haley right now? <laughs> well, right now you've got uh, where is I just it? deleted. Sorry. Okay. Okay. What I, what I had before was like. Uh, Haley is just like me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I'm changing it to God. 
It's, it's the problem is that Haley's my big sister doesn't encompass everything. Yeah, the, it, it, that's like a very funny sure of what we that. set up. <laughs> because, of, of, but I think there, I think there's more there. So like, oh, I don't even know if this would be a good one. But the only one I think of is if Haley was gotten. Didn't realize that I'd make it this yeah. hard for you. <laughs> It's it, it's complicated, right? Because yeah. how does one sentence? Uh-huh. Uh, and what I'm hearing more and more is that Haley's like a sister to me is the right call because you uh-huh. can't you can't articulate a different one, and that's some juicy you know relationship drama. Mm-hmm. I, I'm that if you can't come with something better, I think that's a pretty good one. Uh, I need Haley in my life. Okay. Okay. Uh, so, if you remember last time, just because they were, um, you know, we, we just introduced the idea of tie levels again, we're, we'll just call these plus one. So, okay. which means the next time you help each other, you can uh, give them a plus one. You can help them the old-fashioned way. Okay. All right. And then, yeah, Maurice, what was the uh, the tie scene you wanted to do? Oh. Right before the end of the season, I kind of wanted to do a parents one. I don't know. Mm. But I don't know what I want to give out of that. I also maybe want to do. Uh, I hate to just have all of these be with Luke and not with other characters. Um, would Would Bob be down to do a tie scene with me? Yeah, sure. What do you have in mind? Okay, so I invite you to chess club. Uh, okay, sure. <laughs> But as soon as you step door, it's some bullshit. You've realized Maurice has been up to some bullshit up here for a while. And uh, inside of Chess <laughs> Club, you're on like a medieval green. There's like grass under your feet and there's a horse. Oh, I see. There's, a, there's maybe like two chess piece themed horses and there's a monastery in the distance. It's like... Maurice, are, are we actually here to play a game or... We're playing the greatest game, the game of strategy. On your steed. Uh-huh. Wait, are you are, are you wanting to spar? No, no, we, we're not doing that. Come on, come on. I'm going to show you something. Okay. Uh, so is there just a horse here? Yeah, there's just two horses. Okay. Bob climbs on a horse. Where are we at physically right now? We're still just in the chess room, but it's okay. Being, it's if we pulled out, you'll see like the horses that are the little boogie wonderlands doing the thing where you're. It's yeah. just a scrolling background going around, but we come to the this abandoned castle in the distance, and we climb in the tower, and there's all these people with like uh, tattered hoods on, like a monk monastery order, and it's. It, but if you look at their faces, it's just a chess club. It's just a chess club, kids. Um, anyway, if we're dealing with a dragon, we're gonna need to have excellent tactics. So I brought the best strategic minds that our class has can can muster for this for this goal, and you're like in a yeah we're in a dim lit room. It's like a it's like medieval style monastery, but like chess club at the same time. I think you asked Christina to be a part of this, and she's like Maurice, my cousin just died. <laughs> did not yeah, show yeah, up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. I was like, I understand. You, yeah, I I get it. But Bob, how, how, are, God, how are you I doing this without that... like having a heart attack? What how? What is happening to this room? <laughs> I've confused. They, they all think it's cool, and like I nod at the 
a chess guy and they nod back. I've been using that dazzle move that allows them to not notice. Okay, sure, sure. <laughs> but anyway, this is like the plan room, and I'm like, Bob, how the fuck do we fight a dragon? <laughs> and uh, there's like chalkboard pictures of dragons and like question marks. How do we not all immediately get fried to bits? Well, um, avoid the fire and then hit it till it dies. I mean, okay, okay. Avoid the fire. I got, I got a backup plan with Flannery with that. So I got that. But like, you can dodge the fire easily. But like, me and Haley and Casey. Well, I, I mean, Casey can kind of fight fire with fire, quite literally. Uh, Haley, Haley just has a grab bag of tricks. I'm not sure what she's. We don't know what she's going to be capable of when the time comes, but I'm sure she'll figure something out. But you, you're you just... You bend reality to your whims. I feel like you should be able to come up with something there, right? I like nod. I nod. I look back. <laughs> just some chess guys. It's like, y'all got anything? <laughs> um... I mean, if you're specifying that you're making them not notice anything weird as mm-hmm. to avoid, you know, dying, because yeah. you would otherwise, yeah. I think they're just going to have to be like, I mean, I've got a book on chess openings you can borrow. Is that that's what you're talking about, right? Yeah, we're, we're definitely super talking about chess. I take the book and I'm like, I will take this tome and study it fervently. Uh, okay. Okay. <laughs> All right. Maurice here. Let's. Clearly, you're looking for a chess metaphor, so let, let's try something here. Uh, the key to a good opening in chess is to ensure that every pawn is being protected by at least one other pawn. So they build a wall where everybody's watching each other's backs, basically. And that's kind of what we're going to have to do, is as long as we're watching out for each other, we'll probably be fine. This makes a lot of sense to Maurice. This makes a whole lot of sense to Maurice. Anyway, I have a move called Devil's Pack. It allows you to describe a shade from the... No, I'm not going to do that now, but that would be great. <laughs> God God. I would, I would a... advise against summoning a devil into this room right now. <laughs> the book goes up in flames. I know exactly what we need to God. do. Anyway, I think Maurice takes that and is like... Okay, so we all just, like, I have your back, but also someone else has your back, and then someone else has their back, and we all, like, if we're all watching each other, then they can't get, we just gotta keep them from isolating us, and, like, splitting us up, then. Okay, yeah. we can work with this, we can work with this. And he's like, yeah, if we start splitting attention, and he, like, goes off and starts, you know, just freestyling, brainstorming, and you, Bob, you've helped me get my confidence back. I'm glad I can help. Can we go now? Yeah, you're good. You're good. You're good. Great. Yeah, I think that's (laughs) it. That's it for my feed. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Uh, Then if nobody has anything else, then... Uh, Should we we update our ties? Oh, yes. Please do. Update your tie tie. Yeah. Bob's tie to Maurice is going to be uh, Maurice is still overthinking everything. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> Bob is a, is a brilliant, has cut through the Gordian knot of any. <laughs> Bob is a genius. Yes, that's it. Yeah. Bob is a genius. Sorry. Bob is the only true genius, though. <laughs> no, I shouldn't say that. <laughs> they were the Bobbiest of all. I swear, I went into the season hoping to make the stupid character, but <laughs> you know, sometimes, sometimes simplicity lets you see, you know, the obvious that everyone else is uh, overlooking. Yeah, what is the thing from um, fucking uh, Discworld? Uh, simple like a sword. <laughs> that doesn't affect it. Right. Right. <laughs> Cuts right to the quick. You are now listening to Eidolon Disco Ad Break. I hope y'all enjoying your time here. I know we certainly enjoy entertaining you, uh, and I can say I'm you know I'm glad you are here in peak bullshit times we're doing the damn thing we're being our most selves in this episode and for this kind of whole you know back half i love what both teams here are doing um yeah and, you know one of the great things about this podcast is that i also get to be a fan of it and listen to the other podcast and i just i love everything that's been going down in ska uh, but also we're in disco now and thank you for also this wild radical time we have had in in the funky 79s um and also i want to thank you in irl if we can pull the curtain back and see behind and i just i told myself it wasn't going to be another like emotional but thank you for you know your donations and whatnot that you know help us make this thing you know that little bit of money helps us out every week in many different ways and also i'm gonna be super hokey and say the rest of the cast if you're listening to this you all are fucking funny as fuck and i love being friends with y'all and thank you for carving out this space in your lives and the work you do into editing and sharing and to the fans out there y'all thank you for allowing us the space to do this with you know money and stuff and like not even that just like spreading the word and being fans and your fan art and your off-ramp games that are like i'm doing my own twist and i got ideas and i get to hear the design session and all of your energy we just love it so much and anytime another you know thing pops up on tumblr or blue sky or uh all of the sites we all get excited so know that fandom out there and i want to let you know that the way this is possible as i've said already a couple of times is your donations we have four tiers there's a one dollar a three dollar a five dollar and a ten dollar tier give at the level you're able to we really appreciate it. You know, if you're here this episode, you've probably been listening to these every week, so I won't go down in the nitty gritty of at this level you get this and that, you know. It's amazing. And if you can, you know, whatever you can afford a month, it's amazing. And even if you can't afford anything a month and you're just a fan, amazing. But, you know, what you can also do is share and let other people know, you know, that also helps out. Um, one of the tiers that we do have here, and you know, to get real, uh, is the $5 tier where I give your names. And here are some of the names of patrons that I would like to shout out. Rainy, Forest Traveler, Sudsu, Vivid Ridley, Mofadrome, Hazel, Lizzie Two Shoes, Parish, Paradotted, 
Jennifer, Ollie Oxenfree Miller, Chess Omiba, LV, Crass Pants, Robust Laser, Grief Ninja, Viking Soren. Listen to my girlfriend talk about magic lore on the Voros cast. I can't hate the play. I can't hate the game. Can't hate. Yo, hey. Uh, Monica Wantenberger, Mag Mackie, Ioxel Masters, Ninch Maragos, Hannah, Chloe Heard, Daniel Agazzati, Poggers Extreme. That has been our ad break. Thank you for listening. Thank you for sharing. Thank you for joining our show. The back half of the autumn term passes fairly quickly. Bob, the principal warned you that things were going to get much more violent in town because you stopped him from being able to keep the peace through Night Fever. And I suppose long term, it remains to be seen whether he was right, but things seem relatively quiet uh, during this period of time, at the very least. Maurice has taken pretty great efforts to keep the senior class of the high school sort of together and not at each other's throats, like perhaps many past senior classes have been. And, uh, yeah, the, the kids in your class certainly aren't really starting shit. And the teachers and other adults in town don't seem to be starting much shit either. The vibe in the air is that everybody is waiting for something. Things seem like they could change any time, but nobody seems quite prepared to make the first move. And as December rolls on and you enter the Christmas break, it begins to dawn on you that the first move is going to be made by the four of you on New Year's Eve, which we have now arrived at. Can I just say, I just want to say that for Casey, her days have looked very similar to each other this whole time. Uh, mornings at school, afternoons over at Haley's, and then she's been kind of patrolling at night to make sure that if there is someone starting wanting to start shit, she can stop it real quick. And so that's kind of... She might be overexerting herself, but that's what she's been doing. Casey, um, you've said pretty much from the start, once you've understood the stakes, that you're going to help Haley claim the sword. But yep. just out of curiosity, suppose you were the one to get it. Suppose you were the next person to have... to be crowned a god... What would you be a god of? What would it be like? I mean, apart from her kneeling and giving the sword to to Haley, sure. which is what would happen. Just, just for sake uh, of argument, let's say yeah, that for doesn't sake of happen. Argument, uh, she would be the god of yearning. God of yearning. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Okay. Um, Bob, what about you? You've definitely never really shown much interest in in winning here, but if you did. Well, what would Bob McGovern be the god of? Probably peace. I feel like they just want everybody to chill out. Yeah, I, I can see that. I can see that. Uh, Maurice, what about you? You you know, for a time, you were like, hey, maybe I'll grab it. And then it seems like you sort of 
decided to defer to Haley, but, you know, if you were made a god, what would you be the god of? I we're gonna disco baby. No, no, no. Too <laughs> can't just say the title of the show. I would be the god of Boogie Wonderland. No. Um, but I think something in that vein, actually, I think there was a thing where um Maurice it's one of those things where you're like, Oh, I do this side project and you're like, Oh, I really enjoyed that. I think the thing with the having the disco night and then the um you know I'm retconning. We, there was a festival of sorts where it's like, oh, we're doing a medieval kind of Ren fair thing for a week, and that uh, kind of uh, stuff. Uh, I don't, I don't know if Maurice is going to be the go. Yeah, you, you seem like a very like Dian, Dionysian kind yeah. of god, is what you're. Getting yeah, here. I guess you know, a god of revelry, yes. <laughs> uh, a god of celebrations, and um, yeah, like seasonal rituals, maybe. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Uh, and Haley, I mean, all three of your friends are kind of backing you to take the sword. If it works, what are you going to be the god of? The god of compassion, probably. I don't, I don't want people to suffer. It is New Year's Eve. All four of you have uh, gathered up together. As the sun is slipping behind the horizon. Disco Inferno told you to meet it once night had fallen. Alright. Uh, it's now or never, everybody. Are we ready? Yeah. I think uh, Haley shows up to the meeting <laughs> with a rifle like slung over her back and the hooks in her hands. <laughs> okay, brought- sure. I brought some tools. Uh, Bob, Yeah. I want you to have these hooks. You're going to be our best shot of getting its scales off. Oh. Uh, okay. I mean, are you, are you sure? I wasn't really planning on having a weapon. I kind of just, you know, move. Are you planning on ripping the scales off with your bare hands? I guess not. I hadn't really thought about ripping its scales off. Sure. We gotta open it up somehow. Open it up to uh, attack, and then you'll use the... I assume you'll use the gun to take it down, Bard Bowman style? Uh, well, first of all, before Haley mentions what she's gonna do with the gun, uh, let's deal in. Yeah, uh, I will give you the Vanguard, the Navigator, or the Beast. Hmm. Interesting. Uh, ooh, I will take Navigator. Uh, okay. Uranus locks into place. My Eidolon can perfectly sense trajectories in the area around it. Okay, yeah, I like that a lot. Uh, yeah, uh, Haley says, um, I'm going to take, uh, I'll be using this gun to either try and ground it if it tries to fly up and away from us, uh, or to be someone who can try and deal the finishing blow if we can get a scale off. My Eidolon right now isn't particularly strong in a direct sense, so this is what I've got. Uh, Casey grabs a pair of sunglasses and puts them on. 
she's wearing the that Ripley costume, but now she's just wearing it because it's kind of a heat-resistant uh, coveralls. Mm-hmm. Uh, her hands are still burned black, but she has no gloves, so she can use them for fire. And she says, "And I'm the destruction." Maurice, uh, Flannery has made you a piece of plate armor to wear over, you know, your your torso, uh, made entirely out of horseshoes from horses that won the Kentucky Derby welded together. <laughs> Sick. She has guaranteed you that the the collective amount of luck here can violate the laws of thermodynamics so thoroughly that it can spontaneously turn any heat source down up to three degrees, <laughs> which is an astonishing accomplishment yeah, that no, defies all physics. <laughs> but perhaps will not help against the flames of a dragon. It's cool. I take it anyway, and I'm like, thank you, Flannery. <laughs> Reese, I'm not... Maybe uh, the luck will help anyway. You, Who knows? I, I think KC suing your suit gets a tiny pang of jealousy. I'm like, oh, man. <laughs> Marie, should I ask you what's going on here, or would I regret that question? <sighs> okay, so I I saw the dragon before when we were down there, right? And yeah, biggest threat flames. Biggest weakness, we got to get those scales off, right? Yeah, agreed. So I got this armor as kind of a defense against the fire. Uh, I don't know if it's how useful it's going to be, but um, yeah, we could all just get burned <laughs> immediately by this thing if it's... Yeah, that's why I go first. I'll get burned the least and distract it and y'all would, will do the rest. Mm. You, this is not a, yeah, this is not me sacrificing myself. I made a promise. I'm not dying, but I am the one more burst in fire of all of us. So if I can keep it distracted... Uh, I've been doing a lot of cardio, a lot of crunches. I, I think I'm in a good condition to, you know, be a nice moving target for a bit. Okay. I'm also wearing these sick ass sunglasses. I don't know if you could tell. They, yeah, they're <laughs> cool. They're dope as shit. Yeah, thank you. Um, I do also want to just state out of character for the record. Uh. Dog is at home right now. Oh no! Okay, yeah. That's how I know Bob is serious. I'm like, I don't see where's where's Dog at. Oh, they're 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 at home with Uncle Jake. They're, I I figured I probably shouldn't bring them along on a dragon fighting adventure. That seems like a all bad place for a turtle. Yeah, yeah, that's a good all idea. Of her, all of her audience just like let out a collective sigh of relief. It's like, thank God the turtle will survive. <laughs> all right well if all of you are ready uh although here's here's a big idea i don't know how maurice brings this up so so, so devil's pack lets me summon a shade from the undertow right sure. what if we all summoned it as a team guys what if we all summoned something i don't think we should unleash the dragon on the town <laughs> yeah no, it's- we should keep this confined to the undertow we don't want to cause any damage plus we really want to make sure that like when the fight is over, the sword's right there, you know. Yeah. Also, we keeping it in a confined space is probably better strategy-wise instead of you know having to go the ability to just fly and go wherever it wants. I was I was not saying summon the dragon. Obviously, I was saying something something else. A dragon like countermeasure. 
Like, maybe they know it's... It's me. I'm the Dragon Countermeasure. Hi, my name's Casey. I don't know if you met me before. Uh, okay, well, if you got it, you Casey got it. Casey might be slightly yeah. drunk. <laughs> I, I appreciate the ideal idea, Maurice, and, and we may save that as a possible backup plan if things get desperate, but I don't want to be summoning random things from the undertow right now that could just make things worse. We don't know what's down there. Yeah, especially since we're about to head down there ourselves. Maurice crosses his arms. Okay. He's like, hey, we're we're just going to rip a dude from his plane of reality and be like, hey, sorry about that, but we're going to take you back home in our van. Okay. Can I I reveal my master plan? Maurice has already done this. Oh, God. God. Jesus Christ. (laughs) Yeah, what's your genius, Maurice? Three? Yeah. All right. Well, you've got the fool, the hanged man, or the hierophant. I think I'm going to take my uh, resonant card, everybody. Is that uh-huh. which one is that? The hierophant. Uh, hierophant. Hierophant. Yes. Okay. Uh, so let's see. You raise your baton to strike up the band. Issue one command. Everyone currently in your zone of influence must follow it until the task is completed. The scene ends. <laughs> What's the command, Maurice? Don't die. <laughs> Interesting. Okay, well. Okay, yeah. sure. sure. We can don't do that. die until you're dead. I, I don't know if that's within their power or not, but yeah. Um, okay. Well, like, yeah, that means like no sacrifices. Yeah. No. Right, right, right. Don't die. You're not yeah, allowed don't, to don't, do that. Yeah. All right. Then I'm gonna just have you go ahead and draw for Devil Pack. Now, when you take this move, describe a shade that dwells in the undertow. Once per session, you may draw biz to summon it into. Oh, oh, so when you take this move, so it's a single shade. So, Maurice, what what shade do you have a bond to already? Mm, let's see, let's see. Let's let's get all the po- weird powers we've encountered in here, let's, you know, molded into this. I think it's, like, uh-huh. made of... It's one of those shadow things, but it's made of, like... It looks like space. It looks like, uh... Okay. And what if it's just, like... Uh, what's a good animal, y'all? A big, good animal. A big good animal? Ostrich. That's a great question. An ostrich is a big good animal. Uh, moose. Okay, what if it's like a giant moose made out of space? Uh, <laughs> Void moose. Void moose. <laughs> okay, then, uh, yeah, uh, Maurice opens the back of the wild cherry and, like, filling basically the entire back compartment is a void moose. The but, fuck is a void moose? Do you have something uh, that can yeah. slay a dragon? <laughs> void moose. Because... Because you've already done this, Maurice, what contract have we decided on here? I assume you, you, what you want is for help slaying the dragon. What uh-huh. does the Void Moose want? Oh, yeah. Um, that, great question, Luke. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I had have to <laughs> contemplate the creature of the Void Moose and come up with something on the fly here. Um, okay, let me think, let me think. Uh, the Void Moose what wants... What does the Void Moose... Ah... <laughs> uh, the Void Moose wants... Maurice? <laughs> Maurice, the Void Moose wants your firstborn. Oh, shit. <laughs> oh, damn. Well, I'm gonna die in a year anyway, so... <laughs> Idiot. <laughs> oh, all right, yeah. Then, yes, you swing the doors open, and uh, the Void Moose, uh, you know, does not have eyes as such, but its head tilts towards you and just goes, Oh, hey, guys. (laughs) Maurice? What did you do? 
I thought we might need a weapon to kill that thing. We can't kill it with a sword because we don't have the sword yet. So we might need something to kill it. I, okay, yeah. everyone else is seeing this. How cool. do, I'm here to help. How did? Okay, why, why, why are you helping us? What, Maurice? What did you do? Well, he's retained my services. Yeah. How? I'm afraid that's protected under client privilege. That the voice moves for a favor. The moose has no eyes, but it is winking at you, Maurice. <laughs> I hate it. Can I pet you? You can try. Okay. Uh, Haley will attempt to gently pet the void moose on where she assumes its forehead is. Uh, your hand passes through the, uh, like where the edge of its uh, silhouette is and ice crystals immediately start forming all over your hand. Uh, she will uh, in- immediately jerk her hand back and go, oh, that's interesting. Oh, yeah. Well, that's how it goes sometimes. Okay, well, uh, we should I start, I, I guess. I can't rip. Everything else we've been talking about <laughs> is like fairly bog standard mythology <laughs> stuff. You know, it's King Arthur... Mount Olympus, and there's just a, a moose made of cold. Where did Maurice? How? It's so... It was in the woods. Maurice, I made, I made a friend in the woods. We are we are going to have a very, very long conversation if we survive this. Okay. Uh, look, Maurice, you, you, you get shotgun. Casey, let's get in the back. All right, Mo. Be a little careful though. I'm gonna take up a lot of room. What kind of I'm avoiding moose? <laughs> Well, we do you, do you have a name? Such things are beneath me. All right. <laughs> are you cool with just call calling you Void Moose? Then is that fine? You can call me whatever you want. Just don't call me late to dinner. <laughs> it it has jokes. It knows what jokes are. It knows what jokes it are. Have like a tight Void line. Moose is cool. It's probably cool. <laughs> void Moose is absolute zero. <laughs> Oh, it's... Casey opens up a flask, drinks a little bit off it, puts it back in her pocket. Okay, let's fucking go. I agree. Bob just, like, moves their arm toward Casey, motioning for the flask. (laughs) (laughs) He takes another swing, then passes it to you. Bob takes a swig, hands the flask back, starts the van. Let's go. Bob, you, uh, you're, you're an old hand at this at this point. You uh, take some laps around the Waffle House and uh, warp down into the undertow. Um, and uh, I think you are on the side of the underground river that runs through here, and Charon has his uh, boat sort of moored to the uh, ground here. He goes, Ah, good, you've arrived. What? You didn't kill us yet. We're not dead yet. Moose, we're not dead yet, right? We're not dead yet. Are the contract fucking... I mean, life and death don't really apply to me as concepts. What contract? That's a protected underprivilege. Hi, Charon. Hello, Void Moose. Okay, they know each other. That's weird. <laughs> Who is this? Oh, oh, now that's weird. Now this is weird, Maurice. <laughs> <laughs> no, you ever have a friend and you like... You have a friend and you don't know they have other friends and you're like, oh, okay. All right. I know y'all hang out like that. I was training for months. I was doing crunches and so I can do so many push-ups. You were contracting a Boyd moose? Listen, I was just in the woods and they showed up. If you'd like to get into the boat, I've been instructed to give you a ride. Yes, please. I oh, Let's sure. Karen? 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 Sure, those are all different ways to say my name. 
sure. I'm Casey. Nice to meet you. She gets in the boat. Wait, so we're we're getting in the boat with the ferryman to go fight the dragon. I mean, you can walk if you want, but it's a ways. No, yeah, let's no, just is, get in the boat. Uh, Haley, just don't give Karen a a two two pence, and we're fine. We we went over this in class. What Haley uh, s- steps into the boat, um, and it jostles a bit, and she sort of stumbles toward Casey. Uh, Casey catches you, base, and probably just grabs you and sets you on her lap. Like, okay, there you go. Oh, you're safe. Yeah, this works. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, I'm running a death boat, not a love boat. You two. Uh, uh, doesn't say anything, but doesn't let go. I'm already doing a favor for a friend here. I do not have time for high school romance nonsense. <laughs> Death Boat's probably Damn. a way worse sitcom, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I'd watch it. Is there is there a, is there a love boat down here? I, le- I lean to the void moose. Is there a love boat down here? Probably somewhere, man. A lot of stuff down here. <laughs> you want arcane knowledge? I'm going to need another kid. Oh. Uh, <laughs> what? <laughs> Casey takes another swig and passes the flask around. It's getting harder and harder for me to maintain character here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's why I had to come up with Casey's drunk because I'm losing <sighs> it. <laughs> uh, you all head down the river, and Caron uh, stops off at a tunnel um, and instructs you to head inside. The tunnel goes on a little ways with nothing but the echoes of your footsteps until it opens up into that very large domed cavern that you met Disco Inferno in uh, last time you were down here. And uh, it is empty, other than the five of you, I guess. Um, (laughs) But then, uh, echoing in your mind, you can hear the dragon's voice. My name is Disco Inferno. It is a name I was given in a language no longer spoken. In your tongue it means, I learn in hell, or I learn through suffering. The yolks of an egg are cursed with hardship as each nascent god strives against its siblings. For though the egg contains many yolks, Only one will survive the hatching. All creatures enter this world through suffering, pulled screaming and mewling from their mother's wombs, or straining their tiny muscles against the shells of their eggs. Pain is the mother of all life and all knowledge, and pain is what has brought you to my lair. I am the guardian of the egg, and it is my sacred duty to inflict terrible, unfathomable pain to those who dare attempt to hatch from it, to ensure that each is worthy of the new life they seek. The sword may not be removed until I have marked the stone's new master until I have scarred my approval into their flesh with my ancient fires and guillotine claws. 
If you seek the power of Mount Olympus, then step forward and show me what you have learned through your suffering so far. There is a burst of fire, and as it fades, Disco Inferno is standing before you. This is the most you have heard it speak yet, and as I've said each time before, it hurts your head to hear its psionic voice uh, in your mind. Everybody advance your damage tracks once. Okay. Wow, okay, right out the gate. All right. Uh-huh. Well, I'm already dun, dun, dun. For, forgot to update it. I'm already right. winded. Okay, I'll just keep Yeah, it everybody should be yeah, at wind. But everybody winded. Um, Bob is going to step forward and just, like, with a smirk on their face, just say, that seems like a pretty cynical way to look at life. But hey, you want to test us? Let's go. We can inflict our own pain. Show me. Uh, I think Casey grabs Haley's hand and then leans to kiss her on the cheek and says, don't die. And she's gonna start running towards the dragon. Okay. Hey. Um, Casey, would uh, you like some help? Yeah. But I, I want to use Boogie Wonderland to give everybody horses. You got a horse. <laughs> <laughs> We're all knights. Ooh. We're in fucking medieval times. We, have, we need fucking knights. And also, we don't just have a horse. We have a badass Kentucky horse. <laughs> Full, filled with the power of Churchill Downs and God. bourbon. Uh, yeah, Casey, you take a few, uh, like, lunging steps forward as you sprint towards him. And as you do, a horse rises up from underneath of you. Uh, and Disco Inferno uh, breathes in and then blows a huge plume of pink and blue fire towards you. What do you do? Uh, I am going to try to avoid it and then throw my own fire under it. Okay, uh, that sounds like Ellie to me. Mm -hmm. Uh, My Ellie is two. That is going to be the moon or the devil? Uh, well. hmm. So something uh, unknown or unknowable interferes or... You get what you want at a price you can't afford. Yeah, I'm trying to decide if I want to start pushing myself this early. Fuck it. Uh, I'm going to put. It makes sense. I'm going to push it and push my damage clock. Okay, uh, so that brings you down to Over battered. Um, yeah. To push into death, something ends and something else begins. So imagine you just sort of try to tank yeah. some of the fire. Yeah. Um, I think the horse immediately just sort of, like, evaporates into sort of ghostly uh, light as you uh, sort of dive forward and roll through the fire. Um, It singes you pretty badly, but you have gotten underneath of Disco Inferno, and you are using Sunshine Band to blast it with heat of your own on its underside. And I think it roars and begins trying to, like... It rears back and stops blowing its own fire for a moment to uh, reposition itself to get at you, but that gives someone else an opportunity to do something. I think Bob is going to try and um, try and start basically just running laps around this dragon and see if if they can sort of deny like so. Presumably, even magic dragon fire needs oxygen to burn. Yes. So yeah, Bob's gonna try and create like a, a vacuum around the dragon. That sounds like genius to me because you're applying this in a sort of, you know, you, you, you've, you've got a, this is essentially revealing your master plan. Even. Okay. Uh, well, that's, um, uh, my genius is one. 
Well, that does mean the devil. You get what you want at a price you can't afford unless you want to push. Nah, let's go for it. Okay, uh, then in that case, I think as you start sucking the oxygen out of the center of this room, it works as you intend for it to, but uh, Casey is right under Disco Inferno. Can I do my master plan? Uh, what's your master plan? Well, she knew she was going to be fighting fire, so she she has a respirator. A mask? Okay, yeah. So what, what? She could breathe through the fumes and the flames. What's your genius, Casey? I believe it's a one. Let's see. <laughs> Listen, we're very smart here. Uh, yeah, it's a one, baby. That's the moon. Something unknown or unknowable interferes. <sighs> Fucking go. <laughs> so in that case, I think, uh, okay, here's what happens. Bob, you start uh, running laps around the dragon to suck the air out of the middle of the room to suppress its fire. Casey, you realize exactly what's happening and reach for the respirator. I imagine you kind of had it like tucked under your clothes, like under your coat mm -hmm. or something. She's wearing like an overall, so she has a lot of pockets. Yeah, yeah. So you pull the respirator mask out, and it's got sort of a tube going down to the air mm -hmm. tank. And then all of a sudden, the void moose is right next to you, and uh, it's like... The tip of its snout kind of intersects the tube and severs it and goes, Hey, what do you want me to do? How should I help? <laughs> as, uh, <laughs> Casey, advance your damage track as Bob sucks the air right out of your lungs. Well, at least if I die this way, it's Bob's fault. So. <laughs> oh, I'm mad. Uh, what's after Ballard? Desperate. Uh, oh god, you're already down to desperate? Jeez. Desperado. I thought this uh, wasn't a suicide mission. I, I wasn't trying. Mm. This is apparently a murder mission. I'm gonna Haley, Casey's in real trouble, but uh, Disco Inferno is in sort of a vulnerable position right now. Uh, yeah, is... Question, is Disco Inferno's mouth open? Is it, like, roaring in frustration Yeah, I or think something? so, yes. Uh, yeah, I, I think it's trying to blow more fire, but it's just sort of coming out in little, like... Uh, it's fizzling out immediately because there's no oxygen. Okay. Uh, Haley is going to aim the rifle uh, and use her Eidolon's power to uh, sense the trajectory... Uh, like sense the way she needs to aim the gun uh, to mm -hmm. make a trajectory between it and the dragon's mouth. Okay, that's going to be a bombard. Does somebody who has plus one with Haley right now want to help? Oh, so I think that would, I think that's Casey, basically. Oh yeah, okay. yeah. Casey, you're in pretty rough shape, so I don't know if uh, helping if you've got a thing. I'll say what you've done so far constitutes help. How about that? Yeah, I and I think. Despite of this, when she, like, can't breathe anymore, she's still doing her thing. She's still trying to hurt it. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> that, <laughs> I think the moose is just like, oh, no, I guess you got it, and just starts walking away. <laughs> so angry. I Maurice. But, uh, Bob. Haley, you, uh, have the tower and the lovers. Um, Okay. Uh, I will take the tower. Oh, sorry, not the tower. Lovers. Didn't mean <laughs> Lovers. to say tower. So, okay. Thank you. If you play a neutral card, you only land a glancing blow and your nerves get rattled. Draw one less card the next time you make a move. I think you realize the precarious situation that Casey's in, and even though you can sense the perfect trajectory, you sort of choke a little bit and the shot goes wide and uh, just sort of uh, scrapes the dragon's snout. And it... Um, 
like immediately whips its head towards you, Haley, and uh, with its back legs just sort of dives uh, towards you with its claws, uh, you know, in front of it. Um, it's yeah, it's making a move towards you. Uh, I'm gonna spend one hold to activate tagging shot. Okay. Uh, I did hit it with the rifle. Yeah. Right. Um. So the. So that means you can now sense that all the trajectories are on it as well. Yes. Right? Uh. So that means it means the Eidolon uh, senses the trajectories it is currently going in. Uh. So I'm going to use that to basically, uh, deftly Dark Souls dodge uh into it to get closer. Okay, um, I think you can make the argument that that's a genius move because you're using your Eidolon in a way to bolster your normal uh, maneuver here. Perfect. So what's your genius? Uh, my genius is two. Two. Uh, that gets you the Emperor or Judgment. You break something or your past mistakes catch up to you. Uh, let's do... Gosh. Um, is Judgment a neutral or negative? Negative. Negative. Uh, so it's neutral. Got to start getting rid of some of these negatives, and I can still take the damage. So I'll take judgment. Okay, your past mistakes catch up to you. Then in that case, I think um, you dodge towards the dragon to avoid its claws. Think about dragon though; it also got teeth. The thing about dragon, it got teeth. <laughs> You're so right. Like, ah, that's what everyone says. They're like yeah. swords or something. So I think you avoid the claws, but then it's a uh, big like. Imagine its head is the size of like a big crocodile, and it just uh, clamps down on your leg. Advance your damage track, and I think because of the way it repositioned, uh, Bob, the path you've been moving in, you're about to like uh, slam right into it. What do you do? Uh, I would like to use. Um, I would like to use a can opener. Okay, uh, remind me what that. Uh, that lets me borrow breakthrough from the Vanguard playbook. Um, so you want to break through the dragon? Yes, I would like to. I would like to just go real fucking fast and maybe do some vibrating molecule shit and just go through the dragon. Okay, sure. Uh, does it say that you can use Ellie? Uh, it just says take breakthrough from the Vanguard playbook. So then that's gonna be pow. Yeah, what's your pow? Uh, two. Too. That's uh, the magician or the wheel of fortune, positive or neutral. Wheel of fortune is my resonant. I'm going to take. Oh it. hell yeah! yeah. All right. <laughs> uh, then yeah. Uh, let's see. You're. What is it? Um. Sorry, I'm trying to. So the world is your instrument, and it's time for your solo. Then Bob, I think you just charge headlong at the dragon, and. Um, like you said, vibrate through it directly and burst out the other side of it uh, flying because your flight is activated now. Hell yeah. <laughs> and I think uh, that did seem to hurt it. It didn't like having a guy vibrate through it. <laughs> no, that doesn't seem like it'd be a pleasant experience. <laughs> no, it doesn't care for when people vibrate through it. So it does sort of like release Haley's leg and like roar back. Uh, Maurice, what do you do? Uh, well, I'm going to take advantage of the thing I set up. Uh, you know, uh, being able to protect yourself between heat and cold about three degrees is probably not going to do much against dragon fire. But it is going to protect you if you're riding a void moose, maybe. <laughs> okay, sure. 
<laughs> we're gonna order the void boost How to charge this thing when it, you fall it, through it trying to touch it. Just uh, probability uh, particles. Uh, sure, it's okay. very lucky. Uh-huh. The particles just all happen to be where I need them to be, so I can be on it. I'll say you can attempt to ride the void moose to charge Disco Inferno. Yeah. Uh, go ahead and give me a scrap. Okay, I'm great at that. Not. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a lot of one draws today. Okay. That's a one. <laughs> That's a one. Uh, you get justice. The situation becomes more fair. I think... Uh, oh, and that also discards the top card here. I think uh, the way I'm going to interpret this is... Um, you hop on the Void Moose, and it does seem like the luck armor is uh, working out, perhaps also with your devil contract, that you can ride it uh, safely, perhaps not comfortably. Real cold crotch situation going on right now, but there's worse things that could be happening to you, you yeah. guess. As uh, it charges headlong at Disco Inferno, and I think the absolute zero of the Void within the Void Moose combined with the intense heat emanating from the dragon uh, cancel out to just complete neutral temperature. Um, and you're caught up in that as well, Maurice. And I think that is not a good feeling for you because people run a little hot, all things considered. Um, advance your damage track as your core temperature uh, plummets severely and both the Void Moose and Disco Inferno reel back from one another. Okay, that'll put me down to battered, I guess, from winded to battered. Yeah, yeah, you're just, like, collapsed to the ground, shivering. <laughs> Luke, real quick, what card was discarded? Uh, that was the High Priestess that got discarded. Okay. Question, is uh, Haley still in the dragon's steed, or...? Uh, has... No, it let go of Haley's leg, um, okay. but its its head is sort of right by Haley's leg. Uh, what would you like to do, Casey? Well, I was... I was gonna break through its steed to get the leg out, but uh, I guess I can just scrap and try to like knock it away or distract it away from from Haley and the rest, and try to have it focus on me again. Okay, yeah. Uh, g- uh, describe what you're doing to scrap with it. Are you just like blasting uh, it with more sunlight, or? I think she's doing the thing that you do like to a dog, like hitting it in the snout. Okay. Like, to kind of disoriented, like, hey, over here. Okay, yeah, you have three pal. Three pal. That's going to be the Empress, the Star, and the Fool. So, neutral, positive, neutral. Uh, let's do the positive. The Star, a new path is revealed. Okay, yeah, you drive your fist into its snout, and it sort of backs up, uh, backs up a ways towards the center of the room, and it roars up at the ceiling and there is a tremor through the entire cavern and the uh, dome above you begins to split open as though it is a flower bud beginning to bloom but overhead is nothing but uh, black starry sky and the entire room sort of unfolds and dissolves away and you find yourself in the same uh, endless void of space that you just got Bob out of not, you know, less than two months ago. I think Haley is going to use this chance to do a move. Uh, so she is going to, while the dragon is reeling, uh, she's still pretty close to it. Uh, she is simply going to use her uh, 
alongside her Eidolon, she and her Eidolon are both going to grab onto a scale and try to rip mm -hmm. it off. Uh, okay, that sounds so like a scrap to me. I believe that lets me use Biz because I'm scrapping with my Eidolon. That's true. What's uh, your Biz? My Biz is three, and I would like to use Deal from the Bottom. Well, it doesn't matter because there's only three cards in the deck. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Uh, that gets you the Fool, the Magician, or the Empress. I'm going to pick the Fool. <laughs> okay, the Fool, and that's your Resonant? Yes. Every card turns up in your favor. A spirit embodying the concept of luck will emerge from the undertow as described by the GM and bestow a blessing upon you. Draw one additional card the next time you make a move. The luck spirit will remain in this world until you play a neutral or negative card. Then, yeah, I think you and your Eidolon sort of in concert dig your fingers under one of uh, Disco Inferno's belly scales and rip it off. It's difficult to do. It's a little slow. And as you peel it back, uh, the friendly face of the glowing white cat is underneath of it. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, as you, like, rip the scale away completely, it just sort of lazily floats away. And the cat is just, like, flops onto its back on the scale it's like, the scale's the size of, like, you know, maybe a little bigger than a dinner plate, so plenty of room for the cat to just sort of roll around on it. And uh, I think the Void Moose, now completely invisible because of the way it blends in with your, uh, you know, surroundings, just goes, uh... Oh, hey, look, cat. How you doing? <laughs> this moose knows everybody. What a great find. What a great get. Go I'll get around. What, do you, what, what can I say? <sighs> Uh, who wants to go uh, next? <laughs> uh, I, I'd like Bob, it's been awesome since you've yeah. moved. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah, I'd like to try something uh, poten potentially dire since this move has been uh, has had a history of backfiring on this show. Oh, God. Oh, God. I, 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 would, I, would, I would like to use Forge of the Heart. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it worked out okay for that Christina. That move's a trap. You're not supposed to take it. It's a trap that the game designers put there. Imagine if I'm posting that meme of succession. Big shoes. Big, big shoes. Big, big shoes. <laughs> Meditate on your Eidolon and infuse it with the energy of your soul to increase its power. Draw pow on a positive or neutral card. Your Eidolon transforms into a larger, more powerful version of itself. According to your description, on a positive card, hold three. On a neutral card, hold one. You can spend one card to draw an additional card. You can spend one hold to draw an additional card on any move you make with your Eidolon. Uh, once you're out of hold, your Eidolon reverts to its normal form. <laughs> All right. Okay. My pal uh, what's is your pal? two. Two. Okay. I need to. I don't need to shuffle the deck yet. Then um, that gets you the Hanged Man or the Empress. So negative or neutral. Uh, let's go with the Empress. Okay. So that's neutral. So describe how your shoes get bigger and cooler. So uh, you remember. We've we've hit, we've uh, pointed toward it a few times. Bob has a, as a superhero that they like by the name of the uh -huh. Speedster. The they speedster? wear they wear a yeah, costume yeah. Uh -huh. uh, like them uh, to Halloween. Uh, mm -hmm. Yeah, I think the shoes just sort of extend over the rest of Bob's body and just kind of becomes a Speedster suit. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 I like that. Uh, so yeah. So I, I get hold on the, on the next thing I do. Uh, it's, yeah. it's or maybe I get to do whatever move. you want to. You have one hold you can spend to juice than like whatever you want to. Sure. Um, yeah, do you want to do that right okay. now? Yeah. I mean, probably. I think... Let's see. Uh, how's Bob going to do this? I think... Uh, yeah, I guess, I guess I'll guess i just uh, scrap with this thing. Yeah, I mean, Haley did just open up a weak point on it. Yeah, I, I think I think Bob's going to take the, the hook that Haley gave them and just, like, 
just full speed, just ram that thing right into the, the dragon's wound. Okay, yeah, give me that scrap. All right, and uh, I can scrap with Ellie because of Virtuoso shit, so three. Right, right. So three. Do you want to add another hold to get a fourth card? Uh, do I have to do that before the draw? <sighs> you know, doesn't specify. We should specify that later. For now, I'll say yes, you can. Uh, I am shuffling the deck, which advances the Phantom Clock because it was already at six. So Clock is now at seven. And uh, you have got... That's not going to come up ever again. It's cool. <laughs> it's fine. Don't think about it. Uh, you've got the Magician, the Hanged Man, or the Wheel of Fortune. <laughs> I'm taking the Wheel of Fortune again. Let's go. Let it ride. Yeah, Let yeah. it ride. <laughs> oh, my God. You know, uh, sometimes you get her. two dissonance, sometimes you get two resonance uh-huh. in one yeah. session. Uh-huh. <laughs> All right. Everything's coming up, Bob. Everything's coming up. I'll tell you what. You tell me what it looks like as you attack uh, the dragon with fish hooks. Well, not, fi- you know, giant hooks at its uh, underbelly. Uh, I think it looks like a weird, like, multicolored tornado of just spinning, sharp, pointy shit, uh, just blasting toward this dragon's wound like a sonic boom across the void. Yeah, and it's just, just two hooks just go in there, and I think there's, like, a splash of... I don't know if this thing is, like like, bleeds or if, like more multicolor fire comes out or what? I think that's like, exactly what comes out. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, th- I think it's just like, it's, it's like a, uh, it's like reversing footage of a gun firing of like it, the bullet going in and then there's an explosion at the end. Okay. Yeah. I like that a lot. Um, you just, uh, ravage that one, like maybe two square foot, uh, space that Haley opened up for attack and the dragon, screams out in pain and uh, both from the wounds you're inflicting and also all over its body, anywhere there's a seam between two of its scales, you see uh, bright lavender and pink fire begin to glow hotter and hotter before it bursts out of the dragon in every direction and the void of space is completely filled with uh, fire. Um, Casey, uh, here's what I'll say. You are all completely consumed in fire. Mm-hmm. It's not a great feeling. Casey, you're already at desperate. What are you doing to keep from being uh, burned a- to death Actually, here? sorry, I would like to use Friend of Fortune. Okay, yeah, what do you got? Haley would like to ask the Luck Spirit, how can I protect Casey? How can you protect Casey? Okay, um... What does it say in response to that? I think, uh... Okay, um... I I think the, the fire is rapidly expanding as you ask the cat this, and then it sort of, like, very adorably swims through space over to the void moose and just sort of meows at it, and it goes, All right, man, sure. And it uh, <laughs> floats over in front of Casey, and there is just a... It, it The fire crashes against it like water against a dam, and... Uh, you know, it is absorbing some of the fire as it turns to Maurice and goes, Well, but this is about all the further I can go. You're on your own from here. <laughs> <laughs> you say, okay, see, that's all I needed. Okay. Uh, but the fire is continuing. Like, I think there is a small vacuum in the fire that has Casey protected, but the rest of you are being engulfed in flames. What are you doing? I'm trying to think of things using the power of space against this dragon, since technically we're in space now. Um, right. Although now you're in, like, fire space. 
Oh yeah. What if? Oh, let's go full Final Fantasy. He's he's he, he gets the Merlin clothes on, the Wither clothes on. Uh-huh. Uh, and since we're in space, what if a bunch of meteorites just came? You know. Uh, okay. I'm gonna say that. I don't know if this this is maybe too much of an ass pull. The the luck garment gets destroyed, and all of a sudden a bunch of bad luck draws all these you know, yeah, meteors at the dragon to kind of like knock it aside. Oh, I see. Okay, yes. All right. Yeah, yeah. In that case, give me a bombard. I think. Yeah, I think I'm a little bit better at bombard. What is that? Is that anything better? Ellie. Ellie. Where's my stats at? <laughs> you are. Oh, not nope. Better. Still one. <laughs> still one. Uh, well, that gets you the sun. You're giving cause to celebrate. <laughs> yes. so that's all you need. <laughs> Then in that case, you know what? You drew the sun. I think it's not meteors. I think it's a sun. <laughs> that uh, the the heat from Disco Inferno is soon eclipsed by the heat of a massive sun that it is drawn towards itself for the bad luck of destroying all those horseshoes that were protecting you. And uh, for a moment, there is just blinding white light as... Uh, it struggles against this sun. It is sort of trying to absorb it, but it's too much. And it uh, lets out a scream that would almost sound human if it wasn't so deep and guttural that it, like, shakes your bones. And uh, as the light fades, you are back in the cavern. Disco Inferno is standing before you still. It is... Still standing, still looks ready to fight, but you can tell that it is wavering and it's not going to take much more to bring it down. Casey, what do you do? So there's this thing with crocodiles, have we seen that the the crocodile mouth strength is way more stronger in closing than in opening. Right. So Casey's going to try to grab the dragon's mouth and keep it closed and make... and. Like, try to put the dragon down to heal itself. Like, heal. Go down. Okay. Push it down. And uh, make it so it cannot open its mouth. That's not like a scrap to me. That's going to be three, right? That's going to be three. Uh, that gets you the world, strength, or the tower. Hell yeah. Uh, I think strength seems appropriate at this point. Yeah, you triumph through force. I think that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, then, yeah, I think you uh, jump up. I'm imagining you almost uh, use Sunshine Band to make almost like a, uh, you know, because they have that tape that they tape a gator shut with. I feel like you're doing that with like a beam of sunlight around its mouth. And uh, yeah, you drive it to the ground. It is like belly down, head against the ground. It is like snorting fire and its limbs are moving a bit in struggle, but it's it doesn't have much fight left in it. I think its uh, eyes roll over towards Haley, and uh, in your head, Haley, you hear it just say, Finish it. Claim your reward. Haley sticks the rifle deep into its mouth and pulls the trigger. Uh, yeah, because Casey has it clamped shut, I imagine you you shove it into, like, its nostril. Yeah, that'll work. (laughs) Yeah. Okay, yeah. Uh, You... Yeah, stick the barrel of the rifle into one of its nostrils and pull the trigger. And I imagine that's probably not enough on its own, but it's completely defenseless. So you just unload the ammunition you've got loaded into this rifle into it. And uh, it goes still and begins to dissolve away. Is that it? Did we do it? Newcastle high, motherfucker. I throw a fist (laughs) up. 
Casey's like on her knees because I imagine she would she had put like her body weight over the the mouth of the dragon. She got like both knees, so as it disappears, she just like falls to the ground on her knees. Okay, I think we might have done it. Excellent work, children. Excellent work. How is he again? <laughs> Wait, what? what? At the entrance to the cavern is Sherlock Holmes. Uh, Casey rushes him. Uh, he he makes no motion to, like, do anything. Uh, How are you here? What does this mean about Jordan? Please be concise. I know how to hurt you. I did warn you all not to trust anyone. You were lying about being created by Jordan. No. She puts uh, her hand around his neck. I, I, I say, I say, sealed room. You want the sword? You, uh, you move to do that, Casey, and he is gone, and then he's behind you. Uh, I mule kick him. Uh, th- you kick air. Motherfucker, come on! Wait, forget him. Forget him. The sword. The entire room begins to shake and rumble. The stone uh, lining the walls of the cavern begins to uh, fall away into dust, and behind it are glowing panels uh, in the same color as Disco Inferno's fire. They look like Disco Inferno's scales, honestly. Um, And more and more of the rock begins to fall away, showing this entire cavern, and the tunnel that led into it is just coated with these uh, sort of checkerboard squares of just flashing colors. What is happening? Oh, I'd say the sword is ready to be claimed. But you are not marked. I believe if you'll recall what the dragon said, it was that the sword could not be claimed until it had marked someone. It didn't say that who had marked had to be the one to draw the sword. Bob is going to make a beeline for where the sword is at top speed. You begin running through the tunnels. Um, You have not been down here that many times, but, you know, hey, the sword chamber, an important place to go. Uh, Bob, you are uh, much faster than everybody else, obviously. Um... As you go, more and more of the tunnels are collapsing to show that uh, sort of disco ball uh, texture behind them. And in some spots, Bob, you're noticing points where even that is rupturing and tearing away. And behind it is, it almost looks like paper. And written on the paper are the words that I'm saying right now that the audience is hearing. Jordan. You make it to the sword chamber, and Jordan is standing in front of the stone, holding up the sword. Son of a bitch. I don't think he makes any move right now, as uh, everybody else runs to catch up with you, Bob. Jordan, what did you do? I saw you die. No, 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 no. No! Jordan disappears along with the sword as the caverns continue to shake. Casey falls on her knees. Okay, we we need to get to the we needed to get the wild cherry right now. Haley tries to like pull Casey up and says, "Casey, you've gotta. We have to leave. You have to get up." She she gets you. If you're pulling her, she's gonna follow you. She's gonna like hold on tight to your arm and follow you. We have to go. Uh, Haley, as you say those words, you can see them on those uh, paper walls behind the disco 
walls, which in turn, the light from them is beginning to fade into a black and white checkerboard. Casey is crying, but holding close and tightly to, to Haley. I mean, Casey, I'm not... Can't be that surprised by this, right? Yes? I thought he was dead. I thought you were dead. I mean, I've been talking to you guys the entire time. This can't be that big of a revelation. You said you were dead. You said you were dead to me. You were... I felt you as you died, as you were gone. Were you just playing with me? Were you just some kind of fucked up nerd? No. He was unreliable. I... I, I, okay, I, I guess I did say that I died, but other than that, I think I've really been playing it pretty above the board. I mean, most people don't get to know when they're gonna die, Bob. And I've been telling you guys how it's gonna end this whole time, from the very beginning! Oh no, oh no. Why? Why? Why all of this? Why kiss me? Why show me what my life could have been? Why... Why any of this? This makes no sense. Um, makes perfect sense. It's a good story. Why do you want to tell a good story? What, do you think I want to tell a bad story? Why do you want to tell a story at all? I don't know. It's what I like. And we're just... You're playthings in that? I mean... I mean, your characters that I've written... And that's just this then? I refuse that. It's just going to be tragedy? We're not, I'm not a... I'm not a character. I'm a real person. Casey, what you don't understand is I'm the one me. writing those words that you're saying. Yeah, right though. Whoever draws a sword becomes a god. No. No. Yeah, see, Maurice no. gets it. I mean, I'm no. writing that he's getting no. it. No. Because no. it makes no. more dramatic no. sense if Casey's denying no. it more. No. 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 In Merlin's toy shop, Jordan, which is to say, I, rise through the floorboards, tightly gripping Excalibur. I look down at my skin. It's always been a little pale, but it's slowly turning a glowing shade of alabaster. Well now, I can't say I expected you would be the one to claim my prize, says Merlin. He says that because I wrote that he says that, and then he frowns because I've written that he frowns. You know, young man, no one likes a boastful winner. It's pointless for him to tell me that, because I have to already know it to write that he says it to me. He glowers at a random spot on the ceiling that I've decided that he's decided represents me in my current form. My old body, my mortal shell, fulfills that description more and more with every passing moment, my skin stiffening and then cracking. I struggle to close my eyes as I explode fragments of my sacred body scattering all over the floor. Angelic feathers and golden light hover in the workshop of Camelot toys for a moment before fading away, resolving into my true form, the form I've always had, the very medium through which this reality exists.
this has been Eidolon Disco 24. See you in two weeks for the grand finale.